My name is uh, Shabazz Masih, and uh, we have been serving the Lord in Pakistan for last 25 years. And now we are here uh, at Trinity International University, and I'm doing my PhD. My wife is doing Doctor of Ministry, and we have been worshiping in this church for the whole year, last whole year, and uh, we are very happy and very thankful for the hospitality, for the encouragement of North Suburb Church and the leadership, especially the pastor team and board of elders. And thank you for this wonderful opportunity to share from the Word of God. We also spoke in the, in the first uh, uh, meeting, and uh, we shared our stories how God has been wonderfully working in Pakistan, and how God trained us to serve the Lord in country like Pakistan. And before I start my sermon, I want to acknowledge one person here, and that is Auntie Jean. Could you please stand up? Because she has been serving the Lord in Pakistan so many years. And uh, when I was studying uh, in a Bible school, she was one of my teachers, you know. And now the fruit of her effort and struggles and sacrificial life is there, you know, that by God's grace and through his glory. And thank you so much uh, for contributing to our life and serving the Lord in Pakistan. And uh, now we are studying here and we believe that God has brought us here for a special purpose to get more equipped uh, to serve the Lord back in Pakistan with a different level. Uh, before I start my sermon, I just want to share two news with you. One is good and one is not that good. Uh, I will start from the bad news. Uh, uh, my English is my third language. So if you don't understand me fully, so please forgive us. And the good news is that my wife cooks very good food. If you want to learn more, you can come to our place and she can cook you a good Pakistani food. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, we will start. Can you open your Bibles, please? Unfortunately, I don't have PowerPoint. But it's okay. Uh, I think we should use our Bible uh, and we will read some verses uh, from the book of Habakkuk. And you know that Habakkuk is a small book and uh, it's a book in the category of minor prophets. And there are 12 minor prophets and Habakkuk is one of them. In fact, it's the last uh, minor prophet. So he wrote this book about 600 years before our Lord Jesus Christ. And during that time, uh, King Jehujakim was the king, and unfortunately he was the most corrupt and wicked king. And he led the, the nation to idolatry and away from the Lord. And during that time, God spoke through Habakkuk, and he had some struggles. He's not talking to the people, 
but he is talking to the God. And this is different from other prophets because most of the time, prophets, they are talking to the people. But he is talking to the God and he had some struggles actually about knowing what God is doing in this world. And if we read uh, first chapter, verse 2, it says, How long, Lord, must I call for help? And you do not listen or cry out to you about violence, and you do not save. So this book is full of doubts. This book is full of complaints. This book is full of confusions, questions, and arguments with God. And Habakkuk is talking to God, why, Lord, you are not taking any action? People are going astray. People are ignoring the Torah. They are doing wrong in your sight and you are not taking any action. So this is his struggle. And he asks at least two questions to the Lord. But he starts with these words, How long? How long, Lord? And why? He's asking so many questions. So this book is also very similar to the book of Job, where Job is asking so many questions. David is asking so many questions. He's Psalms. Why, Lord? And how long you are going to do that? And here, especially, he is asking, Lord, why you are allowing people this was a very difficult time in the history of Judah. And morally, Judah was coming very down. Torah was neglected. Adultery was on the peak. And everything, people were doing everything. Religious leadership and the political leadership, they were doing their own ways. And no one caring, no one pleasing God. And Habakkuk is upset about that. And he is asking, Lord, why? Why, Lord, you are doing that? How long you are doing that and you are not taking action? Many times we also have these whys and how long? How long, Lord, I need to su suffer? How long this disease, I need to live with that? How long I need to accept these challenges? My life is not doing well. How long? And many times we ask this question. Why, Lord? Why you are doing that to me only? Why, Lord, you are doing to, to my family only? And God is answering his prophet. And God is saying to him, I'm going to judge. I'm going to judge the nation. I'm going to judge the king. And I'm going to bring Babylonian to judge the nation, to destroy the nation. That was not the answer actually Habakkuk was asking. He was unexpected answer. He was not 
convinced with that answer. And many times we are the same. We are asking for so long. We are praying for so long. But when God answers, we are not happy with that answer. Because that answer is not according to what we wish. Not according to what we want. Because we want to lead God by our own desires. And by our own wants. Our own wishes. My dear brothers and sisters, we need to learn that God is doing something amazing. God's ways are better ways than us. God's thoughts are better than us. We need to trust in the Lord. But it's okay if we have confusion, if we have questions, if we have doubts. It's okay. It's okay. It's normal. And according to the Bible, when we have these whys and how long, it seems that you are a normal Christian believer. Because many people in the Bible, they ask these whys and how long. Even the prophets, they also had different type of struggles in their life to know what God is doing. So it's okay. I still remember one of my teachers when I was studying in Philippines. He wrote a book. And the topic of this book was, it is okay to be not okay. It is okay to not okay. I mean, if you are not feeling well, it's okay. It's part of your journey. It's part of our Christian life. And many times, these kind of situations are in our life, we don't understand what God is doing in our life. And God is saying that I'm going to bring Babylonian. I'm going to bring a heathen nation, a Gentile king, to punish his own king, people. And God has used this type of strategy before. God has punished his own people Many times when they are not doing well, when they are not fulfilling God's plan in their life, sometimes God brings the heathen nation, even the secular people to punish his own people. And that is the answer of the question Habakkuk is having, how long and why, Lord? And he is not satisfied with that. God is saying that I'm going to bring Babylonian and they will destroy the Judah, the nation. Then Habakkuk asked the second question. And his second question is more confused one. Lord, you are going to use a heathen nation, a far wicked king to punish his own people? This is not fair. This is not good. And God answer this way. This we see in the book of Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. It says, "Look this look his ego is inflated. He is without integrity." But the righteous one 
will live by faith. So God is saying here, in these verses, if you see some verses up and down, God is saying here that I will punish Babylonian also because they are proud people. They did not thank me for their conquers, for the successes, and they believe that what they have done with their own might, with their own power, with their own strategies, with their own horses, with their own swords. So I'm going to punish Babylonian also. Habakkuk still have some questions and some doubts. He's still thinking, Lord, if you bring Babylonian, what will happen to the, the true people, to the right people, the just people, the righteous people, what they will do? And God gives wonderful answer. But the righteous will live by his faith. Isn't that amazing? Answer that the righteous will live by his faith. So faith is a vital word here in this book. Not only in this book, but the entire Bible. Faith is very, very important. And I was doing some research and I saw that in different translations, faith is used hundreds of times. For example, new NIV version, more than 450 times faith word has been used in the Bible. It's so vital, so powerful. And God is giving wonderful answer. What will happen to just people? to the righteous people, to the believers. And God is saying, whatever circumstances there will be, my righteous will live by faith. And I think this is wonderful message for all of us. In every generation, in every century, in every time, people are living by faith. This verse is so powerful that at least three times the later part of this verse has been used in the New Testament. Especially Paul has mentioned this verse in Romans chapter 1 verse 17, Galatians chapter 3 verse 11, and the writers of the Hebrews says in same way in chapter 10 verse 38. Righteous will live by faith. I think this verse has changed the direction of the whole history of Christianity. This verse is so powerful. Many people came to Christ through this verse. Many people's life was transformed through this verse. The key leader, you know, in the Protestant history... Martin Luther was changed and transformed through this verse also. When he was doing everything, 
He was trying to save, to get the salvation experience. He was doing everything. And God reminded him that the righteous will live by faith, not any other things, not by doing things, but by belief. Righteous will live by faith. And this was a good answer to Habakkuk, people of Judah at that time, and also in this century, in this world, in this church, and this country, that the righteous will live by faith. I want to divide this into three points. What is faith and how it works in our life, in believers' life? My first point is starting in faith. We start by faith when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. That starts our journey of faith with Christ. When we accept, we repent from our sins. And this is the start of our Christian life. Many people start with different other things. But this is the biblical way to start by faith, by receiving Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and Lord. So my dear brothers and sisters, I hope many of you have already accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. But I still want to give you this invitation, people who have not done that. God has given you a new year, a new start. Think about your life. Have you started by faith, by receiving Jesus Christ in your life? If not, this is a good opportunity for all of us. We may start with so many other things. Maybe we are already attending the church. We are listening to the word of God, worshiping, giving. All these things are good. But this is a vital, this is a most important decision to take in your life, to give your life to Christ. I remember when I was, I was born in a village of Sialkot in Pakistan, and I have a lot of struggle to receiving Jesus Christ because I, my family came from nominal Christian family, and they were coming from low-caste Hindus. But we were living among a Muslim village. And in my childhood, there was no school in my village. There was no church either in my village. I went to a mosque actually to read and write. That was my first school in a mosque, in a madrissa. So I got some teaching from there. I got some teaching from my parents and their tradition from low-caste Hindus, and they were telling the different stories. But when I heard the good news, God spoke to me through the word that I need to repent. I need to come to Christ. And thank God, God opened my heart. At the age of 17, I gave my life to Christ, and God gave me experience of salvation. So that is starting point. Start in faith. 
start by faith. My second point connected to that one is walk in faith. Leading your life in faith. Maybe the first point is a little bit easy. We do decision. But living your life in faith, the whole life, is a big challenge. As a believer, we live a life of faith. Every day we trust in the Lord. In every situation, we trust in the Lord. We don't boast our own things, but we trust in the Lord that God is going to do amazing things in our life. 2 Corinthians 5, 6 to 8, we can read about the Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7. We live by faith and not what we see. Word want to see everything. They want to experience everything. But Christian life is not like that. We live by faith. My dear brother and sisters, my question to you is, are you walking in faith? Are you taking your decisions by faith? Are you doing everything by faith? Faith is vital in every decision. In every morning, you wake up and you take the step of faith. You are here today worshiping the Lord. It's a faith step. It's not an accident that you are here. You have fought a warfare. We are in the situation of warfare. It's a spiritual warfare. Every day, we need to take the decision of faith. And we see in the chapter of Hebrew, chapter 11, which is a chapter of faith, many people are mentioned, many heroes are mentioned in these wonderful chapters. And these are the men of men and women of God who took the faith step. And they are, they are recorded in the Bible with their wonderful stories. It was not easy for them also. But they were the representative of God. They were ambassador of God in that time. We are ambassador and representative of God in this age. Are we? Are we representative of God? Are we representing Jesus Christ when we meet other people? When we talk to other people? Are we showing that we are the disciple? We are the people of faith. Are your decisions include the faith factor? Or you want to see? This is my second point, my brother and sisters. And many times we are fail in that. Many times we are fail. But God is so gracious that he is still working with us. Many, many prophets, they were failed. Many people, they, 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 they commit sin. They lied. But God still continued to work with them. Even in the life of disciples, All people, all disciples left Jesus Christ. One disciple denied Jesus Christ three times. But God continued to work. Jesus continued to work 
and he restores them. So my brother and sister, this is my point, that we have started the first step, starting by faith, wonderful, powerful, but are we living by faith in everyday life? Are we different from other people? Are we going to the same pattern as the worldly people are going? Are we are different? We need to be different. We are not people of this world. We are followers of Christ. And I want to encourage you in this year. Please lead a different life from the worldly, secular, materialism, and the people who are going against God. We are people of God. And people are watching us. People have expectation from us that we are sons and daughters of God. They want to, they want to receive something very unique from us. Are we doing that? This is my second challenge for you. The third one is finishing by faith. Many people started very well. They had some struggles leading the life. But what about the finishing? Finishing is a very, very important task. You start the race, but how do you finish? And here we see in 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 through 8, where Paul is talking about his own journey. He's saying that I have run the race. I have fought the wrestling, spiritual wrestling. And I have kept the faith. What about you and me, my dear brother and sisters? How we are doing in our life? How we are finishing? I'm not talking about to my brother and sister who are old enough. I'm talking to young people. I'm talking to all of you. How we finish? I'm not talking about the finishing the race, finishing the life. How do you finish your day? It's an everyday game. It's an everyday step. How do you finish your day? With a failure or with a success? Don't wait to be get old and then finish. Every day is a day God has given to us. We don't know when, when our life will end. We don't know when our end will come. Every day we have to live by faith and finishing well. Every day God wants us to be unique, to do some extraordinary thing as a believer. Don't be a simple believer. God wants more. God wants to be extraordinary people, to do something amazing which other people are not doing. So I want to encourage you, my dear brother and sister, in this year, live a life of extraordinary. Lead some steps of faith. Do something unique. Do something which pleases God. And God always pleases people who do some extraordinary people. You know, in the circle of Jesus Christ, there were some disciples who were very close to him. And there was not favoritism. 
They were people who were doing something extraordinary. And Bible has mentioned some people who really did extraordinary things and God really appreciated about them. It's not easy to live by faith. Many times there are so many challenges, so many difficulties, but we are not alone in this journey. I just want to share with you that we are not alone. Christ is with us. The Holy Spirit lives in our life. We are not alone. God is working with us. Even we fell. Even we fail. But our God is so powerful that he is still working in our life. So be encouraged and give yourself to the Lord and ask him, Lord, I want to do something extraordinary. I remember that throughout our life we have been living a life of faith. When we came here in the United States, we had little money to fulfill our needs and we just trusted in the Lord and we failed so many ways there were a lot of difficulties in our life but at the end we want to thank God that God is so powerful so I was just joking with my family that throughout my life I have preached on faith but now is the time to do something practical and God is actually working in this way that only not just talk, but walk also. We want to give a good speech on faith. But if we don't walk in faith, then it's not very, very, very important. We come back to the book of Habakkuk. So, he has a struggle. He has a still some question. What will happen? But when God is giving this verse that righteous will live by faith, that changes the heart and that changes the mind of the prophet. And then we see in the end of this book, Habakkuk chapter 3, verses from 17 to 19. He is writing a song. By the way, he was a prophet and he was a musician also. He wrote wonderful song of encouragement. And I think this song is a, an encouragement for all of us. He says in chapter 3, verse 17, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though the flocks disappear from the pan, and there are no herds in the stalls. Yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord my, the Lord, my Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like those of deer. And enables me to walk on the mountain's heights. So here is the testimony. 
Here is a faith that he is saying that whatever is going to be happen in my life, I will still trust in the Lord. And he is mentioning some of the basic items of a living. He talks about no food situation. And in this verse we see that fig tree is mentioned. And fig tree represent a main item of the diet in the Middle Eastern situation. Especially in the winter season. In our part of the world it's also very much used. So he is saying that if there is not enough food, I will still trust in the Lord. And I have seen in my life, in my family's life, there was some time there was no food. There was nothing to eat. But God provided. And if there is no food, are you still going to trust in the Lord? Yeah, this is the lesson we teach to our children all the time. That trust in the Lord. So he's saying, if there is no food, I will just trust in the Lord. And then wine represents the drink. Life is tough if there is no fig and if there is no wine. My dear brothers, you are from Middle Eastern culture. And uh, God has helped me to also visit some uh, people there and uh, some countries in Middle Eastern culture. So wine and fig is very, very important. It's a important items of the food. So Habakkuk is saying, if I don't have food, if I don't have drink, I will still trust in the Lord. Then he talks about the olive and, you know, olive is made of, uh, uh, the oil is made of olive, olive oil. That's very expensive. Represent cooking, anointing, and treatment purposes. So he's saying, if there is no, nothing in my kitchen, if there is no anything to cook, I will still trust in the Lord. No sheep situation. In the Old Testament, if you want to, Measure the position of a person. The bank balance was sheep, you know, sheep and cattle. And he's saying if there is no sheep, if there is no cattle, if there is no nothing in my bank, I will still trust in the Lord. And then he's talking about no crops in the field. There is maybe a famine. There's no wheat, no vegetable, no fruits, no money, no luxury life. But I will still trust in the Lord. And here he says, The Lord of my God is my salvation. He makes my feet like deers. Yet I will celebrate in the Lord. His rejoice is not in worldly things. His happiness is not in a secular things. His Happiness is in the word of God, worshiping him and trusting him in all the time. So my dear brothers and sisters, your situation and my situation is different. But I, I believe as a believer, we struggle in every culture. 
We have our own challenges. How is your life? How is your faith in that situation, in that direction? Are you still trusting in the Lord? When the circumstances are different, when there is nothing in the bank, when there is nothing in the kitchen, when there is nothing in the, in the storeroom, are you going to still trust in the Lord? And that is what we can learn from the testimony of Habakkuk. He is trusting in the Lord. And God changed his heart. God changed his mind. And now he is able to trust in the Lord in every situation. As a Christian, we have ups and downs. We have challenges. You know, in our culture, we have a lot of suffering, a lot of persecution ongoing. And God has given me this grace that I wrote uh, this book, Suffering for Christ. It's available backside. You can grab a copy if you want to learn more about the situation. Suffering for Christ. So a believer's life is full of challenges regardless where they are living. If you are living here, you have different challenges. If we are living in Pakistan, we have different challenges. Christians, believers, are always in minority. They are not in majority. And they have challenges. So I want to encourage you, my dear brothers and sisters, trust in the Lord. You have started by faith. Live in faith. Live by faith. Every day take a step of faith. And finish your every day by faith. As Paul is saying, that I have wrestled the spiritual war. I have completed my race. And I have kept my faith. This is my message. And this is my encouragement to all of you. God bless you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity of focusing to your word, Lord. Many times, Lord, we don't understand what you are doing. But your ways are always greater than us. Your thoughts are always greater than us. Lord, help us to live a life of faith. Just not start in faith, but lead our life throughout our life. And we will able to finish well. Finishing well is important, Lord. Help us to do that. Help my dear brothers and sisters who have listened your word. And if there is somebody, someone who have not committed their life to you, Lord, help them, give them grace to commit their life into your hands. This is our prayer and thanksgiving in Jesus' name.